we might as well start the show with some breaking news. There'll be no Fed pivot today. Why would there be? The numbers aren't indicating it. So if this rally's been predicated on a Fed pivot today, I'm out. We'll see what happens. But I know the exact words that I want to hear out of Pump and Powell's mouth when and if that Fed pivot comes. AMD misses the low bar, but it's trading up. CVS is trading up. People are not using as much makeup. Estee Lauder. We got a lot to cover. Todd Gordon's going to come on at 8.35 and get his perspective on the markets. Mitch, let's get this Wednesday rolling. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Quiet overnight session, up five and a quarter handles at 38.71 and a quarter. Uh, only a 20-point range. The key today will be holding that low from yesterday at 52 and a quarter. And somehow, some way, if we can clear that high from yesterday, 39.28, then things are opening up on the upside. But we'll see what Mr. Powell has to say. Uh, the buck is down 20 cents, 111.15, kind of finding some resistance uh, after a two-day rally. TLT not moving much. That's up 29 cents, 97.06. Uh, crew just hanging up here 90, like just trying to get this jets ready to blow through 90, up 27 cents at 88.63. Gold up nine bucks, 1658.70. Silver trying to get back in that 20 handle, up 12 cents, 1979. Bitcoin down 15 bucks at 20,465. Ethereum futures, they're down $21.50 at 1558. Let's bring in uh Triple D. Uh Triple D. I mean, the futures have been Stop. quiet, but that doesn't necessarily mean the stocks have been quiet. So I guess should we start with the big gun? You want to you want to do some market talk or do you want to talk about AMD? No, let's talk AMD. We'll get right into the stocks. When we got, you know, 200 companies reporting, we got to jump go. right into the heart of it, Money Mitch, earnings season. We're trying to decide which earnings stocks to talk because there's like a bazillion of them. So AMD was the only obvious one. It's at the top of my page. Let's talk AMD. Let's do it. EPS coming in here at 67 cents, missing the 68 cent estimate. Sales at 5.57 billion, missing the 5.62 billion estimate. AMD sees Q4 revenue at 5.2 billion to a high end of 5.8 billion versus the 5.85 billion estimate. They also see full year 22 revenue at 23.2 billion. Uh, and a high end of 23.8 billion versus the estimate of 23.88 billion estimate. So lowering their Q4 revenue, lowering the full year 22 revenue. Yeah. And AMD says third quarter results came in below our expectations due to softening PC market and substantial inventory reduction actions across the PC supply chain. Okay, so 
multiple people on my stream saying, AMD, miss, miss, why is it rallying? Well, we already knew AMD pre-announced. You know, and Algo's obviously forget too, but if you go back to October the 6th, you can see the gap down in the chart. That was the pre-announcement day, so we knew the, the quarter was going to be tough. Obviously, it was a little tougher than we thought, but we kind of already knew all this information that it was going to be a tough quarter. They already talked about the PC demand being light. That was all what happened three three weeks ago when the stock gapped down. Algos don't take note of that either. They just see miss, miss, hit, and they already pre-announced. So we already knew the majority of these disappointing earnings. And that's why it went down on the initial algos because algos just see miss, miss, sell, and... You know, the algos, what I've been saying is news algos, a lot of them are really poorly programmed and they don't, you know, take into consideration that, hey, we already knew AMD quarter wasn't going to be good. So that was the gift, was the sell-off right on the number. And obviously after that, we've had a significant rally here and stock trade up to 64, which is probably an overshoot, but I mean, it's right back there now at 63.44. So I don't know if I'm chasing it here. This was not good, you know, and obviously lowering guidance in the next year or two is not good news. But this market taking with the grain of salt that we already knew the quarter was going to be bad. That's why the stock can rally on a miss and a miss. Oh, boy. They whacked it. They whacked it down. To, I mean, I'm going to give you that pre-market low to almost 57 bucks. 57 10 was the low, but and I, I don't know if we discussed this on the uh, at the close show, but if you want, like, let's say you, you wanted an AMD, you know, you know the report, you know what's going on. So you had a move, uh, the low of the move, 54.57. You went up to 62.72, right? Eight-point move. So if you're out there at 58 and a half, you're probably not too happy when it goes down to 57. But if you didn't buy the 58 and a half on the way down, Good luck buying it on the way up. So uh, that was a nice uh, retracement. Boy, this is a tough chart. I will just say you're probably going to go through your pre-market high at 63.90. So let's just call it 64 bucks. If it goes here, it would keep going. The only thing with AMD, and this has been a wild child, even when it was a two and a five dollar stock, I would just be careful if I was buying this off the open and it started to run, even if it got the mid 64 or 65 handle and then came back down through the open. What I like is the 62 and a half area. That would have been the area to play it through on a breakout to the upside. So that's not the case now. So I'll call old resistance new support. So that's a look at AMD. And they, they talked a little bit positive about uh, next year. And you know who's quietly making a move uh, off its low? NVIDIA. Uh, running into yeah. a block here trading up in the pre-market but some tight ranges here so nvidia that's trading up 227 uh, i know they've already reported but just thought i'd take a look at that uh nvda chart the chips yeah. have been sorry mitch i'll let you go, yeah, go ahead. The, the chips have been <clears throat> the chips have been hot for about a week and a half here now the chips have been on the comeback trail you know the amd washout after the pre-announcement um, I did buy more AMD, never frown, average down, Joel Alconan likes to say. Well, it worked in this case here. Um, NVIDIA's come back. I bought more Marvell. I've been picking on the chips here for the last uh, couple of weeks. They're actually a source of strength in the QQQ where mega tech has kind of, you know, QQQs are holding up, but the mega cap tech has been getting hit. You've seen the chips actually bouncing back nicely here. So just quietly, Micron's come mm -hmm. back quite a bit here from the lows. Applied Materials has had a fantastic rally from 70 to 90. LRCX from 300 to 400. But now the problem is, 
is that we're still in the bear market. We're still going to hear Fed speak, which I think is going to be negative for the market here today. We've had a significant rally. So, I mean, if you're coming in and buying them now, you're kind of doing it backwards. So I think I'm going to just, uh, I'm probably going to sit on what I have because I want some exposure, but I'm not adding to it. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, you have to presume it's a dead cap balance until proven otherwise. And I don't even know what, like looking into AMD or looking in NVIDIA. I mean, don't you kind of, I mean, not going out on a limb here or anything, but don't you just feel like AMD will never see 160 again and, and NVIDIA will never see what? three? Never say I mean, never, but this is going to be a long time before we start talking about all-time highs in the chips. It's going to be a long, long, hard I don't road. even, yeah. I mean, the whole, te- you know, the whole shift out of, you know, this is symptomatic of what's going on with, you know, the, the big tech. I mean, you had, a, you know, a 10-year trend. I don't know. I mean, I, I know I tend to get, that's not a big prediction or anything, uh, but it just feels like you're you're fighting it now. This is this is not Kansas anymore. This is not 2020. No this is not 2021. That's not 2000. No. You know, 12, 21 came to an abrupt end. So this is uh, the problem, and you're you're uncovering a bigger problem here. Money Mitch has been all over too. The the bigger problem here is that you have so many bag holders in so many stocks. And it's been too long. They've been down here for too long. So you're not just going to get this like boom and then come back. Everybody thinks that started investing in 19 and 2020. And I've said this before. If they hold on for a year or two, the worst bear market's 18 months or two years. Well, I can hold on for two years and I'll eventually get my money back in SoFi. I'll eventually get my money back in Zoom. I'll eventually get my money back in Peloton. That's not happening. Peloton, I will say confidently, is never, ever, ever going back to those all-time highs. Never, ever, ever. You are never getting your money back. You're never getting your money back in a lot of these stocks that are really beat up. Are you going to get your money back in an AMD? Maybe, but it's going to be a long, long time. It's not coming back, I don't think, in the next 18 months. It's coming back in the next five years, maybe, because these companies actually make money. These companies can grow into these valuations where you've got just other ones that are just bleeding money and never made money. So the companies that never made money are kind of hopeless. There's other ones that might come back eventually. Like, And maybe it's a good segue, Mitch, to an Airbnb because you know here's a company that actually does make money now. Here's a company that actually could eventually grow into that valuation. Here's a company that's getting beat up and is significantly off the highs. I mean, there's certain companies and stocks that will come back, but a lot of them are never coming back. For uh, just wanted to mention on that AMD chart, I feel the same way Joel feels on the levels that he gave you. Look for maybe that quick little pop above 64, then the whoosh right back down. It's in a bear flag, and that's why I feel more to the bear side. We'll see what happens today. All right, let's go to Airbnb's numbers here. Airbnb EPS coming in at $1.79, beating the $1.45 estimate. Sales at $2.88 billion, beating the $2.84 billion estimate. Airbnb CEO says that we expect really strong demand for Airbnb next year. And average daily rates will face pressures from Forex headwinds and business mix. I don't I kinda, know. You guys, you guys like it. I don't I, like it. But. I kind of, I've kind of liked Airbnb for a while. I haven't bought it, 
But I kind of like this 100 level, for one, because we bounced right off of their after hours, Joel. Two, is this company is making money. This is not a no. This is not a cash bleed situation anymore. This isn't like, oh, it's hopeless and we're on hopes and dreams. This is a company that's trading with a forward multiple of about 30, 35. It's growing like crazy too. So it's starting to get to a point where, hey, this is actually reasonable. If I was buying something growthy and I really wanted to put some risk on, Airbnb is not a bad play here at 102. So I kind of like it here. I have not bought any for myself, but I do kind of like it. We're significantly off the highs. This is definitely a company that I could see could grow into that multiple. Is there going to be competition? That's always an issue. Is there going to be in you know um, you know people in, in neighborhoods saying you know we can't do Airbnbs here, we can't do Airbnbs there? I mean, there, there's a lot of you know issues with you know neighborhoods not liking Airbnbs. You know, you got upscale neighborhoods, and then somebody buys them and they start renting it out, and you got parties there every weekend. I mean, people don't like that, but I don't know if there's any stopping it. So I kind of like the stock. Uh, I mean, I'm not, you know, the stock is okay. I mean, you know, the company, the concept, I don't have a problem with. It's just this chart is what I have a problem with, you know, and you, and you have to, you know, you have to, you know, you have to, you know, try and pick bottoms for long-term investing, uh, I don't think you're going to see that pre-market low. The 100 stands out to me. You didn't get a shot at it in the pre-market. So uh, there's some daily lows ahead of it, I, you know, between 100. I don't know. Is there another one? Maybe not. What a 156 and then 100, you know, if you want to take your shot, the low of the move. One positive thing that I can say is that it did bottom in June and July with the perfect double bottom, right? at uh, 86.71 and 86.75. So it held up okay on a relative strength basis. Uh, the bottom of yesterday's range comes in at 108 if you're looking for a gap fill. I think I stayed in one in in uh, in, in uh, Florida, and it was really nice. It worked out good. Awesome. It was pretty reasonable. But, awesome. um, That's all yeah. we do. We do when we go places. We do the Airbnbs. ADP's coming out here, so I just went wide. Okay, go wide, go wide. ADP, go wide, go, go wide, go wide. In the market, getting like hit hot. as always. What did you expect anything else? But uh, I mean, some people <laughs> do. Um, ADP, non-farm unemployment change estimates at one hundred ninety-five thousand prior two hundred and eight thousand. Let's see what we get today. Chop. All right. Uh, Word of the day like, is uh, chop. We got 239,000 versus 195,000 estimate. So uh, non-farm employment change hotter than expected. expected yep. Yeah. What? The job market strong? What? There's not much. That, that's crazy market. talk. <laughs> Uh, they did. They hit it. We went to the one minute chart. You know, I don't like to do that very often, but you know, for the purposes of this, it's a one minute chart. Uh, 52 and a half or 52 and a quarter. My printer is not working. So I have to actually look at my computer. 52 and a half, uh, was Tuesday's low. Uh, that looks like we could be there eminently. So keep an eye on that. And then if I told you that there was good support under 52 and a half, I'd be lying to you. There really isn't. 
because of Friday's price action. Friday's Globex low was way down there, and Friday's interdays low. So let's keep an eye on 52 and a half right now. And then if you want to be a bull and you want to shake off this number, see if we can get back over unchanged at 38.66. We'll have to see what happens with the market today. Of course, Jerome Powell could be around to maybe change things up today later. Don't forget, guys, 230. It's going to be some fireworks, and you guys can catch it right here on Benzinga. Don't go anywhere, team. We'll definitely hasn't be putting it been, up Dennis, hasn't it been like 150, 200-point ranges? Like, just absolutely. If you're, if you're traded during those times, I mean, you know, go wide. Maybe go a little bit smaller <laughs> size because it's just I, – I mean, we've – off the CPI numbers, you know, yeah, you know, we've had some crazy reaction, but, like, during the uh, – uh, during this Fed speak and the Fed now, you know, during his testimony, it's like 10 points. It's they're like 10 points. Like, yeah. like I would just quote, you know, like if I was on the side of the pit and they were like, what's in there? I'd be given like a 10-handle a range. Like right now I'd be going 55-65 or 60-70, you know, because mm-hmm. that, that's the way it trades off those numbers just – Absolutely crazy, but there we are. Tried to get back over on change. Uh, so far, stalling out at thirty-eight sixty-four. So another reason why we're not going to have a Fed pivot today. Do you want to give your uh, the word that you're you're looking forward to hear? Because I know that you mentioned it's something a, that that you I were waiting to hear from Powell. I today. think what I don't think you're going to get a Fed pivot until they say that we're never going back to two percent inflation. I okay. just, I, I just don't think that and i'm not saying it's good or bad i'm not an economist or whatever but i i think when they finally like throw in the i mean how are we going to get it down to seven how are we going to get it down to six how are we going to get it down to five down at all it doesn't go down at all it doesn't go down no so at least if there's a sliver of hope that he says you know we we bumped our you know our new target i mean two is kind of low right i mean on a historical basis. So I think they just, that's, that's when I think that, that that's when you're going to get that crazy thousand point update is when they say we're 2%. Yeah. That was the, you know, that was yeah, the old We give pace. up. We're, we're shooting for four now. Yeah. So we're not going to get the, the classic. They're not saying that today. Nope. Execute order 66. <laughs> Joe has no idea what that's from. Star that's Wars. From. It's which Star one, Wars. Though? I know which one it's from. Which one it's from? I, that's they, the turning point. That was the turning point when Anakin Skywalker turned into basically he's going to turn Darth, Darth Vader. That was when the, that's what Jerome yeah, Powell's going to do today. All. The TSN, <laughs> as they say in Canada and sports, the TSN turning point was right there when that everything went and the Empire was basically born. Yes. 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 Great movie. We, you know I, what I, the I, most underrated movie, Star Wars movie, is? Rogue One. I watched that again like a month ago, Rogue One. That is an awesome movie. That's, I think, the best one. Like, one of the best ones. I mean, obviously, the originals are awesome. But that Rogue One, of all the new ones, that one was the best one of all the new ones they've made. Like, not one, two, three, not seven, eight, nine. That Rogue One, on out of all the new ones, is the best one that they've made. What are they on now? They're uh, nine. Yeah, they're, they're they coming made out with some new ones. They got in-betweeners. 
The guy in betweeners, yeah. The, the extension stories for guys like Dennis Dick that can't no, get I know. I watched them all. Yeah, they did the Anakin <laughs> series. It was then pretty they, good. That's why they have Disney+. Plus. was awesome. The, the well, Luke scene at the end, killer. Yeah. I'll give us a segue here. Let's go to Paramount. Uh, Paramount Global. Uh, they don't have any any uh, Disney, of course, stuff because Disney. They should have bought Disney. We'll take it all. We'll take it all. Did you? Well, did, what's it only four billion that Disney paid four billion dollars to Lucas for that entire Star Wars? Like that has to be one of the best purchases too. Look yeah, at the stuff that they've done with it. Look at the way they've monetized in so many different ways. Nope, just and then just getting started, awesome. probably. They're not going to stop. They're not going to stop. There'll be in-betweeners in, in between the in-betweeners. There's going to be a lot. So, anyways. What about when they bought... They bought... Um, uh, they bought uh, um, Cap Cities, ABC. You guys probably don't remember that. What the hell is Cap Cities? Capital ABC. Cities, ABC. 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 Bought ABC. The liquor store? <laughs> that you know what Dennis does on the weekend. <laughs> Paramount Global no, you went off numbers. The board here. Here. I don't even know what you're talking about. EPS at thirty. Come on, someone help me out in the chat. Where are where are senior estimate. citizens in the chat? Blind Trader <laughs> Jay will remember. He's probably the only one that's up in my age and listens to this. <laughs> Nobody's right. up in your age, Joel. Sales <laughs> at six point nine two billion, missing the six point zero two billion estimate. Who wants para? I don't think anybody does. There's a while that they were mentioning earlier this quarter that they wanted a bundle with different service providers, right? They were reaching out to Disney. They were reaching out to uh, anybody, really. They were like, does anyone want to bundle with us so that we can maybe, you know, find some subscribers some other ways, right? Well, it looks like there was some bundles that got put out and it really didn't give them a lift. It just seems like Para is reaching and reaching, trying to get subscribers. Who was the guy that was buying this up all last year and trying to buy all the shares from 40 to 50 to 60 to 80 to 100? Who was his name? I forget his name now. He's oh, already forgotten. Kathy's old prodigy. Oh, 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 Wang. Bill Wang. Was it Bill Wang? Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Billy boy, he is dead. Billy boy, oh, I, that's when it was Viac. What I mean, this thing is changed. Once they change symbols and names, like yeah, they're cells and they change symbols and names. You're right. Square yeah. did it at 190. It's yeah. 50 bucks. Meta did it like 250, and we know the Meta story. There's so many. Once they changed names, Google held up well after the alphabet name change, which was stupid as well. It's obviously come down now. So yeah, you know why companies changing names? Stick with it. So, but wow, what a fall from grace. 2020 when Paramount just went parabolically stupid. Dumb money all over the place on this at 100, at 80, at 70, at 60, at 50, at 40. I mean, this was a dying business before COVID started. And then for whatever reason, they just decided this was turning it around. It wasn't. It was a turnaround story that failed. So $17 here now. I see no reason. Like other than, you know, it's washed out and oversold. Sure. But oversold stocks? Stay oversold for a long time and sometimes keep going down. So call on the bottom of this one, not easy. P-A-R-A, fun to trade, not fun known. Uh, we're not too far off the pre-market low of 1726. So you may get a look at that. Um, what would be what the bulls want to see in this? Is this just to get back over 18 and uh, hold 18 and, and until they can prove that to me on a closing basis? Path of least resistance is still lower above the pandemic low, but 
by quite a bit. But uh, got to get back 18. And uh, if it ever gets back up to 20, palms out at 20. At, oh, at Disney acquired Cap City's palms ABC. Out at 22. Here's the, here's the <laughs> definition of overhead supply. It was 95 when Disney acquired uh, Cap City's ABC, Dennis. 1995. Mm, 1995. That's four years before I started trading. I was just starting university. 1995. That's a few years uh, ago. And they, they paid $19 billion for it. And 1995? It, yeah. Oops. And you know who cashed out on it, though? Who was a big Disney shareholder? No. Buffett. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Buffett always wins, eh? Buffett has some <laughs> Paramount. Have you seen this? Is Buffett long para? He does, he yeah, a little bit he of does have some eh? para. I don't, I don't know what he sees there, but... I don't know. I don't even see he's owning 50% Apple, too, but, you know, obviously it works out for him, so can't argue with Buffett. What about ATVI, just to go off the board here for a second? The Forgotten Merger. I have actually was talking about this with a trader yesterday. (laughs) I was talking about a trader with this yesterday, and I'm like, this sets up actually still not bad to buy it here. I mean, the upside's 95. The deal has probably a 50-50 chance of going through. You know, I, obviously the risk arms are really saying it can't go through. If it goes, I think I, this isn't like a Twitter that it's going like 30 bucks if it goes down the deal. It's still, you know, you look at what EA have done and it's a good segue into EA. It's kind of held up over that time. Take two, we're down on take two. So if we go back to when, you know, t- the end of twenty or 2022, when the merger was announced, EA was basically around the same price. Take two is down about 140 to 116. So maybe knock off 15% from the takeout price. You're probably you're probably at those lows, 55, 56 bucks if the deal doesn't go through. So I don't know. I guess it's 20 up, 22 up, and about 15 to 16 down. So I guess it's not great. So if you think it's a coin flip, I guess the risk arms have it priced out right. But I mean, I think Buffett doesn't mind the business, which he's said before. If it doesn't go through, and if it does go through, he picks up 22 bucks. So, time value of money is a consideration here as well. We didn't have to That's worry about that much. a year ago. Yep, yep. And now we do because we have 5% on our money just sitting there. So, wow. I, can you, I, can I'm you leaning ask... towards buying it, but it needs to come in a little bit more. Um, can you tell me what the difference between ATVI and uh, Take Two and these things in the metaverse? It's different games. Different games, some more PC based, some more console based. True. I've always thought Take Two as best of breed. I don't have my Take Two. I sold it just a few couple months ago. I want to re get it. I want to rebuy my Take Two. I want it to come back down to 100. I want to rebuy it. These are going to be metaverse plays too. These are going to be better metaverse plays than Facebook. And I'll call it Facebook. Well, that's why, why that's the thing is, well, my question, I think you guys answered it is like, you know, he's creating something here that's already been created here. Zuck? Yeah, the metaverse. Oh, yeah. No, Zuck. Meta, meta will not even be one of the main, maybe they'll be a player because they got the box, but they're not going to be the player. I'm telling you, man, Disney is going to be a huge beneficiary from the metaverse. I've been saying that for a while. It's going to be a huge, I can just envision it, man. Like you're putting on your Disney goggles, not these Oculus Facebook junk, your Disney ones. You're right there, sitting in your living room, and you're experiencing the whole entire Magic Kingdom from your living room, and it feels real. I mean, that's pretty cool. The gaming companies, you could totally see it's a gaming thing. But I thought the metaverse was worthless. 
No, it's worthless for Zuck. <laughs> it's worthless for Zuck. Meta. And anyways, but you know what they're gonna have? For so I'm so I you know I always wanted to go to Blizzard Beach, right? Because they have that huge oh, yeah. slide there. Yeah. So I'll put on the goggles and oh, then yeah. like I'll put the sprinkler system on. Yeah, or no, they'll have that built in already. It'll be like Blizzard oh, Beach man. game. And you go there, and it's like you go into this thing, and you're getting wet and everything. Oh, yeah, you'll go into your big Blizzard game box, and there'll be just like a blizzard happening on you as you're going down there. You know, downhill ski. Man, I should be in charge of the metaverse coming. Zuckerberg, if you're listening, you should hire me. I could turn your whole company around. We'll come up with all these good ideas. Let's go downhill skiing. We'll create the whole box. We'll snow on you and everything, and we'll just go crazy. You don't have to go out to Banff. <laughs> You don't have to go out to BC. You don't have to go out to all the, you know, the fancy Colorado Rocky Mountains there to do your skiing anymore. We'll bring it to your living room. We'll put you on those moguls, whatever you want to do. Hire me, Zuck. I'm ready to go. I'm going to turn your company around. Mitch, have you ever been? You're from Florida. You ever been to Blizzard, that big slide at, uh, at uh, Disney World? That's like straight down. Have you ever been on that? No, because I don't have a life insurance policy. But, uh... Oh, you can't, you can't get hurt on those unless you're changing lanes, and we'll go into that that story. I'll time. tell you right now, I do not go on those, Joel. Those seem like death wishes. Those are for the people that you got like to get a running start. To death. What you do is you like you tell people to clear out, and you go and you get a running start, and then you jump, this guy, you jump Joel, on the man. thing, and then you. Go down, but Joel, we're, getting... we're gonna get you swimming with the sharks in, in Africa. No, no I'm afraid of sharks. That's that's I'm the only sharks. thing I can see you doing, man. You can do that swimming too with sharks. Metaverse. We can do this swimming with the sharks. You can even pet the sharks. In the I, I can see Joel swimming with some great whites. He'll he'll jump out of the cage and be like, "Come on and get me!" All right, let's All right. go. All right, let's in, man. EPS at a dollar forty-five, beating the dollar thirty-six estimate. I'm talking about EA here. We're staying at least on the numbers here. Sales at $1.75 billion, missing the $1.8 billion estimate. They did lower their full year 23 revenue, um, so keep that in mind. Estimates were at $7.97 billion for the full uh, 23 year, and now they lowered it to a low end of $7.55 billion and a high end of $7.75 billion. They are coming out with an update for their FIFA game for the World Cup. That could maybe get some people to buy FIFA into the holidays. But other than that, I don't see too much more for electronic arts in this quarter. Got hit. Algos. And I was actually <laughs> licking my chops a little bit there because I was like, maybe this is going to be the take two come in for me. Get my take two stock back because I already take, took it from like the 105 to the 125. I wanted to take another ride on the take two bus. And then EA just turns it around. I'm like, ah. So it doesn't look like it's going to be the day where all these uh, game makers are going to get hit. Light volume, so anything can happen, but uh, it's holding up fairly well. I'd say which way which way does it go here? Right where we're at right now, 125 uh, parallels there yesterday and the day before, 25.16, 25, 25.28. So... If this stock is going to go up, it's going to get bid at 25 and go test the close. Uh, if it's just like, no, we want to sell, it's going to be offered at 25. And I don't know, the first uh, first area of good support, I'll call it uh, 122.35. Uh, that splits three lows uh, back in uh, late October. 
All right, let's go to the healthcare stocks. Let's go to CVS as they reported today. Let's go to their earnings here. EPS at $2.09, beating the $1.99 estimate. Sales at $81.16 billion, beating the $76.75 billion estimate. They did see full year 22 adjusted EPS at $8.55 and a high end of $8.65 versus the $8.55 estimate. Uh, CVS did reach an agreement in principle for the global opiate settlement and will pay $5 billion over the next 10 years. Of course, the companies included this. Also, CVS, WBA, Walgreens, Walmart, uh, WMT to settle the opiate-related lawsuits for about $13.8 billion. Wow. All (laughs) I have to say is... These algos are consistently stupid. These ones that are trading, <laughs> I don't know how they make money, man. It's like maybe our selective perception only picking on them when they really do the dumb ones, but they bought this up to a hundred bucks. A hundred bucks on this. The one, the hundred's just a huge psychological level. Two, there's overhead supply everywhere up there from when they did the whole. What was that sell-off when they lost the deal there? A yes, month exactly. Ago. Good job, Dennis. Uh, from they lost some- to like. 87 they lost a plan it's some plan is due to expire and it's not going to hurt them all of a a sudden that's it's good news now oh we don't worry about that man what a gift i wish i would have been paying attention to cbs when this was up at 99 100 just a gift it's not coming back there today sorry it's leaking it's actually down here it's come back a long ways it does fit the description of like value you know, lower P stocks, but it's got its own problems happening. And yes, the opioid settlement's a good thing, but still, we, we, we've kind of filled that gap here in the pre-market. We didn't fill it in the regular session, so yeah, chartists will say that to. doesn't count, but we kind of did fill it here in the pre-market. <laughs> we like pre-market prep, so, you know, we like looking at the pre-market, but <laughs> man, I just look at this and think, why would you ever buy us at 199.98 after all that bad news was out there? So now it's pulled back to 93. Maybe it bounces at 90, but there's easier money out there. It's a tough one, like at this point in time. Yeah, we're trading right on the lows of the the pre-market session. Uh I see I do see a trio of lows at 9560 area. That's still pretty close. Uh then after that, uh you drop down to 9076. But on this one, if you look at the even the gap fill, even if you were out there at 9839 because that was the low on the bad news day. I mean, yeah, maybe you're you're a little bit upset when it goes to what ninety nine and change, but you're not going to get lifted on you know on the way up. You're going to get lifted, and some algo things are going to make money on it. It did, I guess, it did pause on the way down, but uh, I guess if you bar the pre market action and you think, okay, I got to buy this thing. This was a, a false low. You went what eighty six to was it to ninety six? Yeah. 10 point food 91 would be halfway back if you feel like you really list uh missed uh the low of the move uh do you want to sneak one more in here yeah let's sneak one more uh there's been some strength in this industry and it's not from cbs right it's from other stocks like humana and from signacore or uh you could look at united health but we'll give humana's numbers here as they reported EPS coming in at $6.88, beating the $6.28 estimate. Sales at $22.75 billion, beating the $22.69 billion estimate. 
They recently uh, affirmed a upward revision of the full year 22 adjusted EPS financial guidance for about 25 cents. And so they just confirmed that on this report. It's just moved too far for me. And I know yeah. momentum oh, traders yeah. love this stuff. Hell it's been yeah. a tough momentum year, though. <laughs> it's been the kind of year that when you get big pops, it's a good idea to take some profits. This has been an incredible run. It's up 10% in a week. You know, we're going from 500, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 in two weeks. It's up 10%. That's an enormous move for Humana. Humana. Obviously benefiting from lower PE and, you know, this move away from Megatech. And they're mo- trying to find other stuff. All-time highs. Can't argue with that performance. Um, if it was 2020, I'd be like, yeah, the trains keep rolling down the tracks on these things. But in 2022, they derail too often for me to chase stocks. Uh, Eight-day winning streak snapped yesterday. Uh, down day. I'd be looking at that all-time closing high at uh, 558.08. Under 550. Look out. I don't see a lot of support in this thing under 550. But 836, it's time to bring in, and Dennis gets mad when I say this, but one of our favorite guests, uh, Todd Gordon, founder and director of investments at you can New say for Todd. Age. We can say that for Todd? Yeah, Todd's special. I like Because he's just what? so smooth. It's <laughs> so what? smooth there. I always say to Joel, don't center out this as one of our favorite guests because it makes the other guests that aren't your favorite guests upset. So right. I say to the background, because everybody wants to be the favorite guest. I was like, well, I was on yesterday. They didn't say me. I was one of their favorite guests. But, Todd, you really are one of our favorite guests. So it's okay to well, say it for you. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I will uh, I mean, you guys have just, you know, a quality uh, guest roster all around. So uh, <laughs> happy to be a part of it. Oh, stay so humble. I, the, humble. the humble one. Dennis, you humble one. <laughs> you got to stay humble. Man. You gotta, I like it. I like it, Todd. Especially in these markets. Yeah, you <laughs> do. That's definitely true. And every time you think, oh, I've got this market figured out, they pull the rug out from under you and you're like, you don't have anything figured out. So it's been a confusing year to say the least. I mean, what do you think about the Fed today? I mean, there what are they going to do? Are they? I think there's no chance of a, even a hint of a pivot here. But the market's yeah. thinking, oh, maybe there's going to be a little bit of a talk of a pivot down the road. What's Todd Gordon thinking? Yeah, not to not to press on that opening thought, Dennis, but like you as a professional trader, and I know how good you are, and and the whole staff have been doing it. But when's the last time you felt completely comfortable? Like, oh, I know what's going on in this market. You have you ever <laughs> felt that? No, not really. No, I don't. I think, you know, to trade with EQ, emotional intelligence, you can't ever say, oh, I know what's up because the market will humble you right away. And the market's either it's either out of sync with itself. The way I talk to, you know, my people is either out of sync, market's out of sync with itself. You're out of sync with the market or it's a combination of three. And it's your job as a trader investor to understand what situation we're in. And I personally think I am so content with the fact that the market is so discombobulated in here and it's not our job i think to get aggressive and figure it out i think it's about preservation in here so i don't know i, I if you want to i'd love to hear what you think on that one um, I, just hit that I, on I think preservation has been the key to 2022 i think yeah. any money managers that's running money and you know i think a christian from hertz who's up three percent this year i mean if you're up this year yeah. you're killing it you know like trading is one thing that's completely separate but my long-term investment account i think last time i looked i was down about 13 or 14 percent for the year Um, on the long-term investment account. And I mean, I don't feel too bad, but I had a lot of cash too. So the stocks I had didn't do that great. So, I mean, I look at that. I mean, if you're running money and you're running a big fund and you're not actively like day trading, I mean, it's uh, been a tough year. 
You know, and that's that's interesting too. I mean, I'm just looking at my stats. I'm like, <clears throat> my my tactical dividend, I'm down nine percent for the year, and and in growth, which I benchmark against the Nasdaq, down uh, alpha, down twenty two, and that's just more of a tech fund. So. Yep. You know, outperforming the benchmarks, and I hate to be in that situation where you're like, "Oh yeah, I lost less than the the benchmark." But it doesn't feel like great. No, but you know, there's there, but there's also a lot of rules and regulations over us where you know we could be very aggressively trading. But a lot of long term money managers in the defense, which I am, I'm now running an RAA. You know, we do have fiduciary responsibilities. We do have rules and regs we have to abide by where we can get super aggressive where. It does open us up to liability to maybe put a positive return on that. So there's a difference between running money and running your own account, as as you know. But um, you know, in terms going of the, to Fed, the Fed here, Todd. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, you sorry. have you have um, I, I like your notes here. Um, you know, sorry, they got the sorry, Fed today. I'm, I'm, you know, you make it easy for me. We got the Fed today. You're focusing on uh, the CPI next week, uh, whether yep. they have that number in their back pocket or not. Also, talk to us. We don't talk about the money supply much. And then yep. the Fed balance sheet versus the S&P 500. Were you an economics major? I mean, that's because that's like I, pretty high level stuff there. I was an economics major. I didn't pay attention too much. I was I was day trading AOL call <laughs> options in my dorm room uh, rather than going to class. But um no, yeah. So, so yeah. Look, look. I mean, the, everyone's talking about the Fed. Everyone's going back and forth. What's the terminal Fed funds rate? Is it four and a quarter, four and a half, four seven five? And it seems like the last four to five months have just been back and forth with that. So we'll see what what, what Powell is going to say in the press conference. I mean, it does look like they're going to, you know, is is a pivot going to fifty basis points in December? You know, I think you know we're heading to four seven five is probably my guess as to where that we top out at Fed funds rate. I think the market is priced in I you know it certainly priced that in and I feel like once we have clarity that you know we don't have central banks out of control and they're going to raise rates pushing us right off the cliff into a recession I think I do think money wants to go to work here um you know like like you Dennis I have you know I have uh hedges on in the portfolios I have you know 19-ish percent cash so I do have money on the sidelines and I do want to put some of that to work and I'm kind of anxious to take sort of that inverse uh, ETF hedge I have off. So, you know, just a little clarity, I think. And then, you know, I don't know if, if you wanted me to share some charts, I can, I haven't done it on Streamyard, uh, guys, is it's kind of easy to do or Mitch can walk you through. Yeah. It. Really easy. easy. Just hit the sh- present button at the bottom. There will be a little plus sign on it and you just yeah. hit share screen and you let okay. me know when you got your screen ready to go and you select Make the sure right you one, the right one, one, one and I'll get it up. Bad. Yeah, I'll let you what give me the thumbs mean, up, Joel. Joel, <laughs> let's just say Joel's had some experiences. <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> forever, Joel. <laughs> all right, all right. I got all you. Right. Here you're up on the screen. Page. All right, there you I, go. Yeah, so I, I kind of thought this was interesting, and and everyone's talking about the Fed. Uh, you know, is this a is this a propped up? Obviously, market the Fed has injected tons of liquidity via MBS and Treasury purchases. And you see, I think this S and P overlay and teal and the Fed balance sheet behind it does it pretty well. You know, and I think you know I was kind of debating back and forth from a technical point of view: is it proper to look at Fed balance sheet log on a logarithmic scale, which is that? Or on a notion, I guess, uh, um, arithmetic scale, uh, which so this would be log and this would be arithmetic. But, you know, I just can't help but look back to what happened here in 16, 
you know, vol was super low here. I know there was statistics that had volatility. Realized vol in the Dow was the lowest in over 100 years. Um, but the Fed, you know, had stopped injecting liquidity in the system by buying buying uh, treasuries, and yet the the market still continued to rally. Then we got into Chinese tariffs and and Powell, Trump going after Powell, raising rates. You know, every time threatening him with his job and his life. Um, but then we did rally eventually up into 19. You can see the Fed was withdrawing liquidity back here in 1819. So it, without the pandemic, which we ran into, um, you know, the Fed, the market was rallying with with decreased liquidity going into the system. So there's precedent for it. And also you could see, all right, so we're doing what, 90 billion a month, which is one one and change percent grand scheme of things. It's not like they're sucking liquidity out of the system. And, you know, I just looking at, um, sort of the velocity of money. And I've got a million charts up here. I found this pretty interesting. This is wide charts. So in blue is the S&P. In orange is the velocity of M2. And the velocity of money on M2, and here's the scale down here. This is like 1998-99, has been dropping sharply um, because the Fed's putting some sort of disinflationary uh, policies out there, but velocity of money has been dropping. But what's interesting is the um, in purple here is the actual percent change growth in money supply, M2. And heading into the pandemic, we're at like 20, 24, 25% growth in M2. Oh. But look at it plummet. So what I'm curious about, I'd love to throw it back to you guys, see what you think. Like, so you have yeah. growth in M2 dropping significantly you have velocity and money almost flat you could see the last time here in purple again which was m2 growth supply dropped right here back in 94 95 um the velocity money was actually increasing here in orange the SP was rallying but you're getting them both dropping and i'm just trying to put that together in combination with what's going on with that fed balance sheet is this is this a signal that we should be significantly, very much concerned about? And I, I'm, I, I'm curious. I, what do you guys think? That looks scary to me. I think, <laughs> I think what that shows me a little bit, Todd, is that they're the Fed is trying to do everything they can to try to attack inflation. But are they actually having an effect that they want to have? Because it looks like they're having an effect here, and you can right. see that that curve. It's just not having a true effect on what they're what they're trying to do. Right? It's attack inflation. Yeah. Hasn't seemed to yep. shown up in that data. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. Just just kind of throwing that out there. And, you know, longer term, um, you know, I, I I have I have some concerns, you know, on this on this bounce higher. Um, you know, there is technical resistance coming up here in the S&P. I'll show you some of the gory stuff that I like to do. And I think I kind of joked with you guys in the past. You know, I'm forever an Elliott Wave and Fib guy in terms hey, of hey, figuring I love it. out. Love it. Do you? Hell yeah, Todd. I I, I kind of told people I went in the closet with Ellie Wave. I'm sick of defending it, sick of explaining it. It's just forever going to be a part of me. Some um, people see it. Some people don't, Todd. Let's make you explain it again today because uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't talk yeah. Elliot Wave on this ever on this show. So talk to me. Talk to me. Sell it's, me on Elliot Wave. Line, Dennis. That's so it could topic. be It could be page six in our technical analysis book. Right Dennis, now. There's, l- there's so many pages. But, Todd, if you want to put it there's, together. There's, there's he's going to give me the – he's going to okay. try to teach to me in under two minutes. Ba- basically, Wait. it was – he took 
I like uh, Aaron Elliott took Charles Dow, which everyone here should know Charles Dow, basically the grandfather of technical analysis. Dow theory that the market moves in advances of three, and there's varying degrees of waves. There's minor waves, there's primary waves. So Elliott real quickly took Dow theory, which tries to identify which phase of a market advance or decline you're in, and then assign probabilities and values and expected starting and stopping points to Dow theory. And that's really all it is. And then there's been probably five or six prominent financial academics who have tried to take the theory and 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 really just make it more complex. But it, it's a real heart of things. You know, there's there's resistance right here on the bounce. This is the S&P daily. You know, we have about um, resistance from 39 change, 3,900 S&P up to about 4,000. So it's about 100 point zone. And for me, this determines everything. Um, I have clients who... Um, with non-qualified money, with cash accounts, which is the only way I can do um, option spreads. So I have clients who, you know, we we do have decided to put on some downside SPX put spreads heading out into March or April Q1 uh, of 23. And I have half the position on basically right now. And if we do fail into this 4,000 level, I'm going to put the other half of the position on. And I'm also going to take some of the cash that we have in the portfolio. I'm going to increase the holding in PSQ, which I have an inverse QQQ ETF on. So I'm kind of defensive here right now. Um, and if we do start to fail here, then I, you know I am going to I am going to kind of press the press the pedal a little bit on that. What would change your mind? Just breaking 4K. Just breaking 4K with with the with the dollar selling off. I mean, the dollar is off the highs, right? Dollars off the highs interest rates have got to find a low at some point here. It's just they're so sticky here, you know, whatever maturity you're looking at, twos, fives, tens, thirties. We've got to have interest rates coming off the highs here, which they're they're trying. Um, I don't like that the the yield curve, the three month to 10 year, actually it's 10 year, three month actually started to go inverted. That was one of the, 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 the I say equity bulls defense that, okay, the 10, two curve was inverted, but actually, the 10 3 10 10 year 3 month is is the true indication because fed funds tracks the 3 month treasury not the 2 year treasury yield but that did just slip negative so i'd love to see that get back positive so we've got to see fx come off we've got to see rates come off you know and commodities have already done their their job right i feel like commodities are not moving up because of fear of future inflation i feel like they're stepping up because there will be a central bank not just us fed but global central banks pivoting and not driving us into a recession right off the cliff. If that was the case, I think we'd continue to see the commodity move lower. The fact that commodities are moving back up now, I don't think is runaway sticky inflation for a long period of time. I should be showing commodities and not this chart. Um, but the fact that the central banks will pivot and not drive us off the recession and cliff. So I take it as a good thing that commodities are actually moving back. And again, FX coming off of the dollar weakening, rates coming off the off the highs, I think would lend credence to this resistance breaking in the S&P. I'll tell you, I, you, you mentioned the 4,000 there, but man, I, I'm, I'm very concerned about uh, 3930 area. Uh, we hit that yesterday just briefly in the pre-market and we pounded it and you had a trio of highs after the August CPI number. So I would love to see us at 4,000. But uh, man, first things first. I mean, right now that that's a major area of concern to me. Uh, this is top-down view on uh, on uh, Q3 earnings seasons. Uh, 
A lot of the companies did better than estimates. We were kind of waiting for a bad earnings season. We did get it from uh, from the big tech. So uh, top-down earnings season and some highlights and maybe some lowlights. Yeah, you know, uh, I think yeah, I, I love going to to FactSet. John Butters does a great job, and uh, just pulling out some of his notes. I'm not even going to pretend that it's uh, that it's going to be my stuff, but I think uh, just off the top of my head, the um, the uh, X Energy. If we did not have the energy, uh, that I think it would have been S and P earnings Q3 year over year would have been down two percent and change. Um, with energy, you know, it was a little bit more uh, acceptable. Let me just pull this up right here. What about um, banks too? Yeah, financials are doing extremely well. So yeah, so right now, again, this is fact set. Half claims reported, 71% are above EPS estimates. And if you look at the 10-year average, um, that is, uh, it's below the 73% beat. So if we stopped right now, he said this would be like the lowest earnings growth in nine years. S and P X energy um, earnings year over year would be down five percent. So without energy, year over year S and P earnings down five percent. Wow! Uh, rather than the current two percent increase that we're seeing, so energy, Pretty even though it's like five or six percent of the S and P, um, is doing a lot of lifting here. And then, as you said, Joe, financials as well. Um, there's just the earnings and energy is amazing. Like I I'm continuing to be overweight, you know, in both portfolios I, I own in energy, um, you know, underweight tech communications have been weak. Um, you know, but energy, I, 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 you know, I started overweight when I launched the RIA a year ago. Um, I started to decrease in March and April. And then when I rebalanced just a month ago, I actually put more energy back to work. And as I said earlier, like, I think it's a good thing. I don't think energy rallying is a bad thing. I think it's central banks will pivot um, and will get us up to the 475, whatever, five terminal Fed funds rate. And then we have some clarity. Um, I think money does does go to work. And and uh, I don't know. It looks like energy trade is going to be here a lo uh, longer than we thought it would be. So it seems like the big boys have been selling off, uh, especially with their earnings. Of course, Apple came in a little bit on a lower bar. Do you expect to see these kind of leadership continuing to lead us down and maybe a reshuffling coming in the future? Um, it, what, what, in terms of leadership on which end? Uh, leadership, let's, let's talk about like the uh, S&P 500. And so, uh, of course, we've been seeing like stocks like, let's say, Meta. Like really yeah. getting destroyed, probably going to get pulled out at least from the top of it. And definitely, not gonna be, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> what do you expect from these leadership companies, especially you know, Microsoft, Google, Amazon, really been getting hit lately? Yeah, you know, if you look at like Apple over the large cap tech, um, Apple has been uh, a clear outperformer. And, you know, I was really disappointed on the Amazon earnings report. You know, I thought there was some some hope with Amazon. You look at consumer discretionary, we can kind of go on that tangent, showing a lot of relative strength. And I kind of base it all off those June lows, like consumer discretionary and sectors are sorry industries within consumer discretionary that you'd expect to be really hit by inflation have been really strong. Uh, so we can talk about that if you want. But Amazon, I, I didn't love their earnings report, but they're still above the June, uh, the June, the prior June lows. Um, you know, you look at Microsoft and Google; those are obviously not good. But Apple showing a lot of relative strength there. And you know, I was doing some 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 analysis on their expected earnings uh, next year, and you know, their their growth rate is only at about two and a half to three percent. And also looking for 
a two and a half to three percent growth, which is extremely strong. And if you get down to like EBITDA margin, the margins are actually supposed to decrease in 2023, which I find interesting. I feel like that's a little bit of, um, you know, all the headwinds that companies have now being carried forward into next year's earnings. I feel like for Apple's margins, which have been rock solid for a long period of time to actually be negative, um, I, I, I feel like they're underpricing Apple's growth and those numbers that we've seen in a really hard uh, environment. So, you know, I love Apple. Um, I wrote some calls against Apple and it's not doing too well on me right now um, because the, of, the, of the move back. I'm still holding tight. But, um, you know, I think consumer discretionary can do to be well. There's pockets of strength there in, uh, in technology and semis. Um, you know, the value trade, uh, bigger picture, you know, you look at some longer term growth to value ratios, you know, we're threatening some long term trends where growth has been outperforming value. We haven't broken out of, let's say, 10 year trends of growth outperformance to value, but we're getting close. And if you continue to have healthcare and financials and energy do as well as they are, you know, we could have a pretty significant shift out of growth and into value, which I thought was just a short-term thing over the last year or two. So for, for guys who are guys and girls who are managing, you know, obviously a lot of, a lot of stocks and names in their portfolio, you know, it might be time to decrease tech exposure oh, yeah. uh, a little bit more. Yeah. Well, thank you. Like always, Todd Gordon here, CNBC contributor and founder of New Age Wealth Advisors. Always great to have you on. And Can I throw one more random thing in there before you let's guys do it? Off? We we'll love it. Of course. Did anybody see the news on the Rockefeller tree? They just announced it last night. The, no, I the, did not. What happened? The, the, the crisp, it's being cut down. I'm in Saratoga what? Springs, as Joel knows. It's being cut down in Queensbury, New York, which is 20 minutes away from here, which is my hometown where I went to school. It, they're taking the tree about two miles from my high school, and that's going to be the Rockefeller tree this year. I'm super psyched. We're going to drive up and see it before it gets nice. cut down and sent to Rockefeller Center. I want to see you climbing that thing, man. I want to see you up at the top of it. I was thinking about putting like, an Apple AirTag <laughs> and see if I can like implant it in the tree and see if I can track it going down, but then I'd probably have the Secret Service or SDF <laughs> yeah. show up at my doorstep. Yeah, those AirTags nowadays. Uh, but thank you for giving us a little bit of tidbit there, a little extra. Uh, Rockefeller tree. Enjoy that. Uh, I definitely would ch check it out. I know that we have the future of crypto that's going to be in New York City next week. Hopefully the cool. tree makes it there by then, but we'll have to yeah. wait and see. Have a good right. one, Todd. Take care. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. I, I got to say, you know, uh, Elliot Wave, big fan. <laughs> <laughs> How's the market looking, Joel? You know, it's uh, it's okay. Um, they're they're trying to press it towards that low from yesterday. Uh, we got within a couple ticks of it. I think you're going to see pretty good choppy action. Usually, we rally ahead of a Fed meeting, right? I mean, yeah. the day of, and then who knows what happens. But uh, you know, playing it, you know, look, just keeping a real close eye. Even if we do take out at yesterday's low, I don't think I'd get super on the bearish train. And then. Uh, it, the close has been pesky. I mean, we've traded through a lot. Uh, we're down four handles. We did sneak above it after the numbers. So if the bulls want to, you know, get up near that, that, that pre-market high, first things first, let's clear that close at 38.66. 
Oh, All I right. don't know what to say. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's a tough market. Do you want to do the DuPont news? Uh, oh, Rogers news? I'd rather yeah. talk instead of DuPont. Okay, do the DuPont Rogers. All right, really quickly, at least. Uh, Rogers, of course, uh, have you guys seen it getting Not hit? Rogers this Canada, which has the bad internet. Rogers, different Rogers. Yeah, oh, different, oh, different yeah, Rogers. Yeah. ROG, right? And there you go, on the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, du- DuPont terminated the previously announced agreement and acquired the outstanding shares of Rogers after failing to obtain timely clearance from all required regulators. It looks like they're going to be paying a termination fee of one hundred and sixty-two point five million under the agreement. So That's definitely nothing. getting a big hit there. Um, I don't know. It sounds like a lot to me, but maybe I just don't know the deal. <laughs> when deals fall apart, this is the nightmare scenario i mean this stock when the deal was announced was 200 dollars. yeah but the problem is from the end of 2021 stocks have collapsed so now you lose this deal it isn't going back to 200 it's going a hell of a lot lower to make up for all the ground that all the other stocks you know were going down too. at the same time so it's making up for it all one day one file swoop down a hundred bucks down 43 percent Forget about all support levels. We got to go out to the monthlies here. 180. To find anything. Yeah. Below 180. One, oh, yeah. We're 130. 180, 150. We're 130. I was, I'll just make one, one quick comment on this and then I'm going to hide. I got the, the managing director for Wedbush, Kevin Barrett, coming on. And man, he has some good insights in the market. The only thing I would say about this, and once again, hindsight capital doesn't do any good. If you have a stock in a deal, and it just hangs out in like this one area for like one, two, three, four, five, six months. Yeah. And then it starts to pull back. I mean, don't you have to kind of like scratch your head and say, you know, of course, the market dynamics. And I looked at the DuPont chart and, you know, that came in as well. But I don't know. Long time. But uh, anyways, uh, good luck with the Fed stuff. I'll be back uh, uh, with Mitch at uh, at the close. We should have some good action today. Great job, guys. Have a good one, Joel. Have some fun. Remember, it's Fed Day. <laughs> All right, Dennis, what you're going to be looking at towards the open? What are you going to be you know watching to give a little bit at? of a reading? I'm still looking at the mega caps yesterday. We didn't talk about them. Amazon, which I own, making yes. new lows. Google, which I own, making new Literally lows. Literally what I have on my chart right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Microsoft teetering looking like it wants to break down i don't know yeah. microsoft but that looks like it wants to break down if i was long microsoft i'd be getting out in a hurry after watching what happened to amazon and and google yesterday meta's already been beat up so bad mm-hmm. um i tried to play meta a couple times here for bounces and then you just get stopped out so you know like obviously from the long-term perspective i haven't been a fan but like I've been saying, you know, at a certain point in time, there is value here. I keep trying to catch bottom, but keep getting stopped out. Um, Apple has held up well. It's kind of given back a lot of its earnings gains. It's not having a great morning, quietly actually having an awful morning here. It's down two bucks here right now. So it's your quiet loser of the day with the S&P flat, Apple leading the charge down here. Um, it's not good news for, you know, to see, you know, the, the mega caps and Amazon all breaking down to new lows here once again. So, I mean, one thing, Amazon P is a little bit higher, maybe makes sense to a certain extent because they're liking those stocks, but Google's P is low and they just don't care. So yeah. it's a mega cap. Everybody owns these things too much of them. 
and you're seeing capital come out of this stuff and move into other areas. We've been talking about this massive rotation from mega cap tech into potentially value, more value type stocks. That's what continues to happen. Yesterday, it was happening everywhere. Yeah. And these were the ones that let go right out the gates, right? I was looking to see, you know, everyone wanted to put it on the economic data that came out at 10 a.m. But if you look at their charts, these were leaking right out the gates. They Google, were. Microsoft, yeah. Yeah. even Apple. Once I started seeing Apple even go, yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, here comes the takedown. Yeah. And so we got to keep watching the big boys. The market can only go up so far, you know, and get carried by the value until leadership comes back into play. It looks like it came back into play yesterday and we started seeing that down action. We'll see what it's happens It's rotation today. that is keeping the market afloat. I'm mm -hmm. scared about today. I'm scared what the Fed might say because I think this market has a lot of hope that he's going to say, we're going to go 75. I think there's little doubt that they're probably going 75. And then he's going to say maybe 50 and then we're going to reanalyze. And that'll see that as a pivot. I think his speech is going to be much different. I think it's going to be very much what he's been talking about all along, where we're not seeing inflation come in and we're going to stay the course and continue to raise rates aggressively until we start to see the data show that inflation is coming in. He says that and the rug pull happens immediately. And I think that's what he might say. If I was long stocks as trades, I would sell them all before this Fed meeting. I'm long stocks, my long-term portfolio. So, you know, am I selling those? Probably not. Am I lightening up ahead of it? Maybe. Uh, we've had a good run. I mean, it's been a good run. So I know people don't want to hear that. They want to hear, oh, I'm going to go back to all-time highs. It's not the way it's working. We've had a good run. We were 348 to 384. We've had a nice run here. But now Fed speak begins. The Fed is not going to like the data that they've seen in the last month. Nothing is showing that inflation is coming in, you know, really even remotely. So I think Powell's going to reiterate his stance, his aggressive stance on inflation. And maybe the market takes it in stride, but we're not in the same market we were three weeks ago when we got that CPI data and we were sitting on the lows. We've now rallied. There are some stocks sitting near all-time highs. I think an aggressive Fed is not what the doctor ordered here today. Yeah, one of the things that I would say is what is the focus has been, right? Well, a big focus of the Fed has been to get credibility back, right? After uh, it seemed like a whole year about saying transitory. Well, then they started focusing on tackling inflation. And the biggest thing that they said, they weren't going to change tune until they started getting the handle on inflation. So unless you feel that they've gotten the handle on inflation, I just don't know how you see the other side of the country. I don't understand how these, you know, investment banks are coming out and they're obviously just talking their books to a certain That's what I feel it is. You these know? investment banks have all these clients that are all pissed off and they have an obligation to try to talk the market up always. We have yeah. no obligation on this show. So I'm going to call it how I see it. And we've had a nice rally. The market has taken a lot of bad news in stride, and maybe it does it again. It would be very resilient of the market to do it again, so it could do it. But I think the Fed, I think those who are saying that the Fed is going to talk about a pivot down the road here today are going to be very disappointed. Yep, and we'll wait and see. Of and course. if the Fed does talk about a pivot down the road, 
then like I just lose total respect for for them all together. The credibility starts going. The credibility, everything. The credibility starts getting questioned because yeah. their whole thing that they fed us for months and months was two percent, two percent, two percent. We're not even at seven percent. So we just rallied so I just much. Don't know. I mean, it's just hard. This is an opportunity. Folks, this is an opportunity. If you've been getting pounded in stocks and you've been puking your guts out looking at your portfolio all year, you just got a lot of your losses back. Um, you know, like I see it in my investment portfolio. My investment portfolio has come back substantially in the last three weeks. You know, and ever it seems like in 2022, when you start to feel like, oh, it's getting okay again, the long term portfolio, it's been a good idea to sell. So the trend is your friend, and the trend here is to sell the rips. We've had a hell of a rip here in the last few weeks. So I don't, you know, maybe the market, like I said, this market seems to do funny things. It's a very hard market to predict. So sure. it, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they did actually buy, you know, up for whatever reason. But it would very much surprise me if the Fed started to talk about a pivot. I would very much surprise me today. I don't think that's going to happen. We'll wait and see. Like always, you guys can keep up with Dennis Dick at Triple D Trader on Twitter. You guys know he'll be doing some fun tweets later. I know that one for sure. Huh. Have a good one, Dennis. Yeah, Take care, see you, my, my friend. Mitch. See you, chat. All right. We're going to go ahead and wrap up, get you over to Benzinga TV, where we have live trading, Benzinga Live with AB, and, of course, stock market movers with myself included, right? We'll see you guys over right now. We're going to do some live trading action. Had a really good day yesterday. Played some SQQQs. We played some win on the short side, even though we had a green day, was able to make it some money on it. So let's keep watch. Let's take a look at what we can find today. Of course, I feel like it's going to be a little bit slower movement until we get that FOMC meeting. But who knows? Maybe the market tries to front run the downside angle and we start getting hit right out the gates. Going to go ahead and watch to see what happens today. And you can find out by just coming over to live trading. You don't got to do anything. Just hit the redirect. Right there, you'll see the thumbnail pop up, and I'll see you guys over on live trading. It's coming up next. Hit the thumbs up, guys. And if you haven't checked out already, because I need you guys to go ahead and check it out, in New York, we're going to be having, of course, the future of crypto. Don't miss it, team. You guys can still get your tickets today. I'll make sure to include the link right now. going to be throwing it up here. Uh, but like always, one of the coolest things that we do is our events. We are legendary in cannabis. Now we're going to get into the future of crypto. Come over, check out, of course, got Kevin O'Leary is going to be talking about crypto. And of course, some of the biggest names, Yuga Labs, owner and uh, co-founder will be there. Hasn't been to any other event other than the Ape events, but you guys will see him at the future of crypto.